Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and with us today is the lady in red, Dorothy Brown, the circuit clerk who's running for mayor. Yes. Again, I remember your last campaign against uh, Mayor Daley. Yes, yes, in many 2007. Po many position papers that, in that one. Absolutely. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, too. This used to be Jean's Day in your office. Um, every, maybe once a month, okay. we used to have those. And why yes. did you do that? Why ask employees to pay for the right to wear blue jeans to work? Actually it was a program that was already going before I got there and I had had stopped the program for a long time and people came to me and said you know what we want to be able to help individuals that are burnt out employees we want to be able to donate uh, to uh, various uh, not-for-profit things and so I finally relented maybe after about three or four years and let them uh, commence that plan. And we did a lot of good things with that. We, we helped the American Heart Association. Why did you stop it then? I mean, it was ridiculed. Well, actually, um, we only stopped it, I believe, in 2010 when it came under fire, unfortunately. Uh, but the good thing about it is the Inspector General, after they released their report, they said it was a charitable fund and we probably just simply uh, could have uh, registered with the Attorney General. But you know what? For the sake of, 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 of people that felt that was something inappropriate, we just stopped it. And, right, and a lot but of people want. the backdrop of all the other uh, allegations in your office, it's been five years since the federal government has been investigating you. Yes. Is this coming to a head? Should it come to a head? Do you think you're in the clear? I really do. I, I, I really feel that I am because I know how I've handled my business in the office and we've handled it properly. When I took that office, I made the decision that from with the job standpoint and contracts, I would keep myself out of that altogether. So it would be an objective process. Uh, initially, we just used an objective process of actually hiring and then I eventually put in a computerized process so that the individuals that are actually selected are selected based upon the Shackman decree and the computer does the, the calculations. <coughs> Excuse me. From the standpoint of contracts, I let the experts participate on the selection of contracts. So I'm altogether out of it. So for them to, to have to do that, for the people that went to the federal government and actually told those lies, it was inappropriate. Uh, they are simply individuals, many of them were people that, that left under the prior administration. One that attempted to get me to actually do a fundraising scheme that they were using. I actually terminated her anyway. So um, it's unfortunate. I actually said that they should be charged with perjury. 
But in fact, the federal government's been told that the going rate for a job in your office was $10,000. I know. They said, one person said that. Fran, I hired over 2,000 people. That would have been $20 million. Don't you think you would have found that money somewhere? And so they should have simply asked that person, well, where is the money? Show me something. Show me the results of that. Where is it before they launch an investigation? Actually, that person specifically should be required to pay the federal government back for all the costs that they have incurred investigating something that's not true. People have said in your office that they need to give you things of value in order to get promoted. And that is absolutely not true. I have, <coughs> excuse me, I have promoted just about everybody in my office probably since I've been there. They've gotten either upgrades or they've gotten promotions. And so that is absolutely not true. Well, so what makes you think that this is over, at least in the focus on you? Well, what I'm, what I'm saying is... Or are you is, calling on the feds to wrap it up because you can't live under this cloud anymore? Well, I'm not calling on them to do anything because, see, I was an auditor. So I understand that people have to take their time. I respect them. They need to do their jobs. But I am just simply saying that I know how I have handled that business and I have handled it properly. And so that's why I'm running for mayor, to bring my skills. I feel that I have the perfect background, the confluence of background, experience and heart to be the mayor of the city of Chicago and so I made the decision that I have the concern about what happens to the education of every child in this city it needs to be at a higher quality level and I believe that I can bring that because I have concern for them but you still have to convince people you're not running a corrupt office how do you do that because because you got this cloud over you well you know when you're in these public offices, um, you're going, you have to deal with whatever occurs in that. People are going to do political things all the time. So all you can do is simply get the job done. That's what I have done every day. I've been working very hard. We put in a new um, electronic filing system. Yeah, which, Supreme which is Court. a disaster. It was I mean, a, well, it, it let me just say so that. It took so long to get that in. Oh, Why? no, it did not. I put in an electronic filing system that the county did pay zero for back in 2009. What people were just simply did not, was not aware of it. The system that the Supreme Court just required us to put in is a system that, unfortunately, is not working as well as the one that they asked me to discontinue. Yeah, you're saying that 80% of your employees, including yourself, have to help people with the thing. It's so We do. Absolutely. It so is. what are you going to do now? Well, we've been um, working with the Supreme Court. I met with them. I called for a meeting with them and the chief judge. We've had three of those. And we've raised um, our concerns to them. And as a result, their vendor has actually made many changes. Someone actually stopped me on yesterday and said that it's going very well for them now. So I'm very encouraged that uh, they're going to turn the corner and ensuring that that system works properly. Mayor Emanuel has raised taxes by two billion dollars and only begun to solve the pension crisis. We've seen property tax after property tax, two telephone tax hikes, water and sewer fee, and we're still not there. The next mayor faces a billion dollar pension spike. What is your plan for that? Well, plan, Fran, uh, in the next few weeks I'll be issuing my financial um, plan, a comprehensive financial plan. I want to, first of all, uh, create a strategic, long-term strategic financial plan because we cannot just simply do a year-to-year -year type of plan. We have to do a strategic long-term plan. And then I want to actually create a citizen's financial plan commission to actually assess what's already going on with the city. I want to look at all of the fines and fees uh, ordinances that are there, 
are they are we actually assessing them properly are, are they are, are is there control over the collection that's the first thing I did in my office then we want to look at cost efficiencies are we using technology to ensure that we have proper cost efficiencies and then we want to to make sure that we actually are looking at other types of revenues and and what so, other types I mean well, give me some idea of where you would turn first and what you think of the choices he made well you know you know what we have to do some creative <clears throat> we have to look at some creative ways Go ahead. of financing. So I'm looking at something like, uh, something that we haven't really looked at. What about a city-sponsored lottery? A city-sponsored lottery uh, would be one idea. Uh, I want to look at... What do you like about that? Well, I, I think that the city of Chicago is the largest city in the, in the state of Illinois. And we probably contribute the most to the current lottery. So why not have a city-sponsored lottery and bring those billions of dollars of funds right here to help solve that pension crisis? I want to are also. Are you saying? Are you saying that the in people? A, who in are, addition to. In addition to the Illinois lottery. <coughs> yes, it would but probably be in addition to. you're saying the people to. who buy lottery tickets in Illinois would buy them instead for the city of Chicago. They could buy them for both. Uh, it's it's up up to them how Is they there would a do that. For both. It could possibly be. So that's one but of the what ideas. What do you like about that idea? Well, I like that it would raise some funds. How and much? Also, how much? Well, well, the assessment of the amount of funds, I believe it would be billions of dollars of, uh, of funds that would be raised, depending on the level of, of ticket and how often you do the, the particular lottery. And so we will be doing an assessment of that. And secondly, I'm looking at advertising revenue. We have not taken advantage of any kind of advertising revenue with the city of Chicago. Naming rights for city hall, naming rights for airports, naming rights for other public uh, buildings. We need to look at all kind of creative ways. See, when I took office, naming see, rights I, for let me, let me understand this. Naming me, rights for Midway. Absolutely. Let me say this. When I took office, I actually created an, an opportunities, a revenue opportunities committee of my staff, and I sent people to conferences. A lot of times, because we're the larger, larger city. Uh, or county, if you will, we think that we have all the ideas. But some of these smaller cities actually have ideas. So I would send them to conferences. We, I sent my staff to conferences to look at how other cities okay, raise revenue. Okay, but naming rights. Remember when this. Rich Daly proposed na renaming Soldier Field as mm -hmm. part of that financing plan. Mm -hmm. He was shouted down by the veterans and he had to back off. Well, well, and Butch O'Hare mm -hmm. is O'Hare. You've got the Battle of Midway. I mean, mm -hmm. you're going to put a name on well, that? A I'm saying name? we would look at possible naming rights. No one is called City Hall. So we would look Who at would possible... Who would want to sponsor City Hall? Who knows? It's, their name would be been, up there It has day. a very corrupt history. Their, their, name, their name would be sitting there every day. I'm just talking to you. asking me about creative ways okay. of raising funds. And right, I'm giving you, you some creative ways. And so... What else? How to, much could that raise? Oh, that, could, that could probably raise millions. And it would be annual uh, uh, millions of dollars uh, for those kind of naming rights. For And also advertising. See, a lot of agencies, we have a lot of city properties. We have a lot of vehicles moving around you could actually have advertising advertising on police cars on, not police cars obviously not Frank okay so uh, what but Street there are a lot of different there are a lot of different things you can never tell there are a lot of things but what we would do we would get a consultant get an advertising consultant and have them do an assessment let me explain something to you see I have the financial acumen I have a I'm a certified public accountant and I also hold a master's degree in business administration finance so with that I would be able to have the financial acumen to not just listen to what a, a tech a financial person would recommend to me but also to be able to assess and also give some recommendations also with my being an 
attorney also, I would be able to actually manage the legal uh, aspects of the lawmaking body of the city council. So that's why I talk about having the perfect background. Okay, but uh, what about the for, choices for Mayor Emanuel is made? I mean, these are solid, dedicated revenue sources. The telephone tax, the property tax, the water and sewer, these are reliable. The things you're talking about are kind of speculative. Well, well what I said, what I started off by saying is having my having an assessment of all the uh, ordinances, the revenue ordinances. Remember, I talked about the citizens. What do you think about the choices he has made commission. and their impact on the middle class and the working poor and so on? Well, you know, he's he's made his choices, but what I would Were want they to the do, right I would want to Were make they sure. Were they the right choices? You know, in 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 his assessment, they were, were what do you proper, think? obviously. You're running. But to the extent that they were unequitable, uh, not equitable for people that are poor or middle class, then they obviously were not the right choices. Any choices that I would make, I would take a look at how fairness and equity, that's what my administration will be about, especially in the economic development ram. We, I, my community, um, my, my comprehensive community and economic development plan talked about the fact of the inequity. I even have an urban policy plan portion of that to make sure that we are prioritizing and looking at those communities that have been neglected the most. Using the TIF funds to actually actually fund economic development within blighted communities. I talked, friend, about um, getting away from the ward level approach and going to a planning district. I, I created eight planning districts. And what we does that do? Mm -hmm. What will that do for these, these south and west side neighborhoods that are still really like war zones? Well, what it does is my urban policy plan portion of my uh, economic development plan specifically focus on them. First of all, making sure the TIF funds that are or that should be allocated to them or really used there, we would create an economic development plan. See, I'm going to have an economic development planning team that I would create, and then the community, the community representatives uh, would actually have input into that plan, including young people and millennials. We want to make sure that they're included, and we want to stabilize every institution within a community, the businesses, the not-for-profit entities, How? the faith-based entities. We want to help stabilize them. How? Well, through our community economic development plan, we'll have a plan for each of them and we'll attract developers to that plan and then use various uh, incentives to attract developers to that plan, use the TIF funds, use the Federal Opportunity Zone funds, and that sort of thing in order to really revitalize the communities. I think that that will increase the tax base uh, and, and so also and, and, and provide stability to the communities. The Chicago Public Schools has 150,000 more seats than they have students. They're hemorrhaging students. We need to close south and west side schools, particularly uh, high schools that are so empty. What, what, what is your plan for that? Well, my plan is this. I think that we have to, first of all, I want to overhaul the Chicago public school system in its entirety, look at it from the top to the bottom, from the top management all the way down to how our teachers are being trained. I want to make sure that we are properly, uh, uh, that the teachers are getting the proper salaries for what they do because they provide a valuable resource. And then I want to, as far as the students are concerned, I feel that the lack of economic development in those areas is the direct is a direct cause of those school of, of people leaving those areas and therefore the, the attendance going down. It has to be a long-term plan. If we 
have proper economic development, if we can have first-time home buyers loans for those particular areas so that people start to come back, businesses start to come back, the communities start to revitalize, people will want to live where where their businesses, they want to live where there's proper transportation. Because even so you in my plan, carry those empty schools until that happens, because that's a long-term plan. Well, we that's have to have a long-term plan, but but we would take. Would you carry those empty schools and keep them open? Well, we'll take a look at that and see the cost benefit of and and also the social. Uh, ills of actually closing those schools because many times there's a there's a real cost of moving students to other schools and so we have to take a serious analysis of would it. Would you close some of those schools? I, I, I would take, before I would say something like that, I would take a serious uh, look at it and, and, and do a real analysis to determine the cost versus the benefit and that cost would include social costs. Now, the mayor is wrapping up the two-year hiring of about 970 police officers. Is that enough? Well, what I want to do with the Chicago Police Department is do a complete overhaul of it. Okay, and, and I want to have... We I have an overhaul. It's going on right let me, now. Let me it's say this. I don't, I, don't, I don't purport to be a law enforcement expert. Now, I sit on the law enforcement... Illinois State Law Enforcement Training Board. However, what I would do is have a panel of experts. The consent decree looked at personnel for the most part. I want to look at the infrastructure in its entirety. Do we have the right number of police districts? Do we have the right proportionality of supervisors to the number of patrolmen? Uh, well, look that at, was in the consent are we using, decree, too. Are we, yes. Are we using shrunk. community policing properly? Or are they trained for community policing? You know, the consent decree talked about community, community policing. It talked about health and wellness of officers, accountability, use of force. Yes, I wouldn't wait for a consent decree. I would actually start to implement some of those things immediately. Uh, one of the things that I think is important is that accountability, actually tracking and making sure that you know what kind of complaints there are, but also health and wellness of the police officers. Those but what individuals. is your crime mm -hmm. plan? What is your plan? I mean, we've got, we've got crime rampant all over, even though it's going down. There are places where it never was before. There are, there are carjackings. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, there are neighborhoods that are still living Mm -hmm. in fear. So, uh, the, the, I have a criminal and social justice reform plan so that there is fairness in the way we meet out justice. I'm going to look at criminal misconduct and dealing with those individuals that are committing the crimes and education. If we properly educate our children, they will have alternatives to crime. I've talked to young people and they say, our friends don't want to commit these crimes, but they can't even find jobs. They're not, they were not even properly educated. So there's an interrelationship friend to all of this. And then we would actually look at the economic development to provide jobs, vocational training to individuals to help them have alternatives to crime. And then those individuals, those 2,000 people that Superintendent Johnson has said that actually are wreaking the havoc, we'll look at, we'll address them directly. There are a lot How? of not-for-profit, there are a lot of agencies, not-for-profit organizations, former gang members and things like that, that are actually willing to deal directly with those individuals. We'll take, see what their needs are. Now, we may not be able to save everyone, but we're going to take a serious look at how to address them directly. Then, of course, from the police standpoint, I want to say, what we have to realize is that there's a partnership. It's all about we, us, our all, us all working together. Police officers, when they take off those uniforms, they are our mothers, our brothers, our sisters, uh, you know, our, our fathers, and they are Would real you lift human the residency beings. Rule? 
I'm police? Yeah, we're human beings. Do they have to live, should, should, should city employees have to live in Chicago? Well, you know, we have to look at, at the constitutionality of that. I know the county, that was actually overruled in the county, and we could not uh, have people, uh, require people to live. But I believe police officers need to be on hand immediately. It's a special circumstance where police officers are concerned. They need to be immediately available, because sometimes uh, you, are, you may have a situation where every, all hands will have to be on deck. So police officers most definitely should have to live within the city of Chicago. But maybe not everybody else? Well, we would have to look at that because the counties was overruled. It was unconstitutional to require them to actually live in the city. It's, it's great to have them live in the city because if, you, if you're living in the city, then you're helping to support yourself. Because now we're paying city taxes. You should be willing to pay city taxes to support your, yourself because people pay, our salary, pay their salaries. What role would your husband play in your administration? He doesn't pay a role now he wouldn't play a role then. Where is your ethics plan? Even, even Bill Daly has come around to the idea that family members shouldn't profit off of government. Yeah, Where I, is your ethics plan? Well, that's the same thing. I don't have, um, I do, do not have, have an any, fam I don't have any family members that are working for Right, but do you have an ethics city. plan you're going to unveil? Well, I will unveil an ethics plan. Obviously, family members would be a part of that, making sure that everyone is, uh, and, 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 and making sure that that is the case for all of my top administrators, that they are not hiring family members. Of course, people that are at lower levels, their family members should have the same right to apply for jobs if in fact they qualify for them but my cabinet put people individuals that would be the case for them as well and then we would adhere to any gift bans and any of those kind of things that should be would be necessary can you name a couple of people who would be in your cabinet would you keep Eddie Johnson and Janice Jackson Eddie Johnson and Janet Jackson you know they're they're wonderful individuals from what I see but I'm going to do an assessment of every cabinet member to ensure that they are bringing to the table what I would want them to bring to the table as the mayor of the city of Chicago. Dorothy Brown, thanks for joining us. Thank you. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> Auto Trader.